To another Jags podcast, episode seventy-five. Can you name a Jags player that wore seventy-five? Seventy-five. Uh, let me see here. Mm, I, I can't. Can you? Eugene Monroe. I Eugene Monroe. That's a good one. I'm not sure if he did. Actually. I think he Just did. Guessing. Oh, I don't know. Okay. But I'm here with uh, Mike tonight. Mike, how's it going? That boys. You guys may remember Mike from our live draft episodes in fifteen, which we had a great time there. But if you have not yet followed us on. Instagram, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Another Jags Pod. And my personal favorite, Twitter, Another Jags Pod. Also, YouTube. You guys love the YouTube. We do love. We've gotten YouTube more you do, lately. You do well, though. You do well. We've gotten more into YouTube lately because people can comment like live as we're talking. And people can tell us, like, fill us in with stuff that we don't know and things like that. We're here. We're, uh, episode 75 is technically going to be a tight end breakdown. But before we get to that, we do want to talk about the breaking news happening right now, which is the Jaguars all 25 team. Yep. And if you don't know, that's been going on lately. And on our last show, we ended around 20, I think David Garrard, 23. Okay. Since then, we've had 22 Gary Walker, 21 Josh Scobie. Which is a little low for Scobie. When you, mean, when you mean low, you mean like... I think that's too. I think you can make a case that he could be higher. Scobie? Scobie, absolutely. I feel like he's one of like the. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. 20, Aaron Beasley. Beast. Yeah. 19, Mike Peterson. That might be a little high for Mike Peterson. Is it weird having a Colt on that list? You mean a Gator? I don't care about the Gator part. I'm worried about the (laughs) the Colt part. No, I mean, he's a Gator for sure. Oh, God. Um, And then 18, we're looking at Vincent Manawai. Not bad. Not bad. Then 17, there's been so much. Jaguars have him listed as Cal Brady linebacker. I just noticed that on their website. Their website is wrong. Yeah. He was not a linebacker. Um, he was a basketball player. Yeah. Penn but, State boy. Those are always a uh, blue collar. Yeah, exactly. But I would be remiss not to talk about how the Jags fans are like upset about Kyle Brady being at 17. I never really liked Kyle Brady, honestly, as a Jags fan. I disagree. I don't I, know why. I can never I really liked stand Kyle him. Brady. Kyle Brady is one of the first tight ends that could block and catch. I don't know what it is about like I understand him. there's Tony Gonzalez. I understand Kellen Winslow. But Kyle Brady was just different than those guys. Yeah. And I've, I've learned through the years, he actually apparently like really loves Jacksonville. He's, I think he still might live here. He absolutely yeah, still so, lives here. He coaches here. I don't know here. what it is. I've never really liked Kyle Brady. I don't, it's, I don't know what it is from him getting booed by the Jets when he got drafted. I don't know what it was. Him going to the Patriots. Him retiring a year before the Patriots won the Super Bowl. He was a beast, though. He, he had by far the best year for a tight end the Dude, Jaguars have ever had. The guy went on to go to law school after and graduate law school after the NFL. Uh-huh. How often do you see that? That's awesome. I mean, I know it's like personal life, but it, whatever. I'm with it's it. Bad little career he's made. Yeah. Oh no, no. I like Kyle Brady. I like him at 17, 16. Donovan Darius. Is that low for Donovan? Darius? I, I think so. Yeah. Darius was a beast. I will never forget him taking out. Uh, who was it? It was uh, Robert Ferguson. He almost killed. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> That's throwback. Yeah. Beast but though. We go back, like, how do you even rank these guys? It's hard. I mean, it's like, just, it's, it's so hard. How do you not rank the earlier guys? Yeah. Higher, yeah. So, and then 15 is Kyle Brady. Kyle Hardy. Kevin Hardy, right? Kevin Hardy. We were close on that one. <laughs> Kevin Hardy. Yeah. We try not to get too wrapped up in this conversation because right. they're going to come out and we're going to be able to, to talk about them. Yeah. 
This is the tight end breakdown podcast. Okay. And we've broken down every offensive position. This is our last offensive position. We've talked about offensive line. We've talked about running back. We've talked about running back. Is this the roughest position? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it is. That room. So let's just start right off the bat. And let's just talk about who we have. And then I want to talk about, like, I want to go into who's going to do what. But I just want to talk about who we have on the roster. This is in no particular order, one through five. This is just who we have on the roster. James O'Shaughnessy, Ooh. in his fifth year out of Illinois State, he was a fifth-round pick. He's 6'4", 225. Josh Oliver, newly drafted tight end out of San Jose State. He was drafted just this last year in the third round and has obviously no NFL experience. Mm-hmm. Ben Koyak, 6'5", 258. He's in his fourth year. He was drafted in the seventh round. Game-winning touchdown versus the Bills. You may remember his game-winning touchdown against the Bills, the only touchdown we scored in that game. Jeff Swaim, drafted out of Texas. He's in his fourth year. He was also drafted in the seventh round. He was just signed as a free agent after spending his first three years with the Cowboys. Charles Jones, 6'4", 255, undrafted free agent out of Tulane. Played in 40 games with Tulane, 40 receptions, five touchdowns, Decent little career in Tulane. And last, Michael Colu Biale. Wow. And he's out of UCF. He's 6'1, 223, played in 38 career games, and as a senior, appeared in 13 games with seven starts and caught 21 passes and three touchdowns. Okay. So that's who's on the roster. Okay. It looks promising. It is a, a star studded uh, line of tight ends. So tell me we're off the rip. Out of those guys I just mentioned, who, given everything, given the new offensive coordinator, given the new quarterback, given injury-free, who's going to be the most influential player out of those guys? Injury-free? Yes. Well, unfortunately, the game does not work that way. If Swaim could stay healthy, 16 games, I mean, look at it. I mean, we've talked about it. Of all tight ends that were targeted 25 times or more, he had the highest receiving grade. But his knock is that he cannot stay healthy. I, I mean, I think Swaim, young, big, and block. If he could stay healthy, definitely him. I mean, you say he's young. He's the same age as Ben Koyak. 26, 27. That's yeah. pretty young. Yeah, no, I agree. Player. I agree. So you're saying Jeff Swaim. Yeah. If Oliver wasn't a rookie, dude, it, it's so hard for a rookie tight end to come in and contribute. I agree. I yeah. mean, Swaim only played in seven games, though, last yeah, season. That's why we said the health factor. If you take that away, oof. All right, so here's something that's funny to consider is like he only played in seven games last season. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy, mm-hmm. a bit more healthy than Swaim. Yeah. Snap totals, O'Shaughnessy's 385, Jeff Swaim 349. Yeah, and O'Shaughnessy, was, he was cut a few times as well. No, so. no, you're thinking of Koyak. He, okay. O'Shaughnessy stayed on the team a okay. decent amount Sorry. of times. Excuse me. So Jeff Swaim, even though only played seven weeks, saw about the same volume of snaps yeah. that O'Shaughnessy did. He did get injured later in the year. But I still. think O'Shaughnessy's a good player, though. He's got good after-the-catch ability. He's quick. can decently block. I don't think he's a bad player. So let's talk about Swaim a little bit, because you brought him up. Yeah. Swaim. And we both watched a lot of him. We, we, we looked into a lot of film of Jeff Swaim. Yeah. Uh, he is traditionally a blocking tight end. Yeah. His, his overall grade per PFF was a 56.6. That doesn't really jump off the page to you as impressive, does it? Yeah. No. His run blocking grade was a 57.9. Not great. 
Pass catching grade, 57.5. Here's the stat that stands out about Swaim, though. His reception percentage. So, catches when targeted, 86.7%. Which is the highest of? The highest of all of them. Targeted at least 30 times. And and for me, my first thought was like, all right, so this guy probably had a lot of checkdowns, a lot of screens, and he did. He did. However, his yards per reception was almost 10. Whereas O'Shaughnessy's was at five. And I understand the offenses were different. I, I get oh, that. Line quarterback right. Next, yeah. I get that. Swaim had more yards, way more yards per reception. He had more touchdowns, less drops in seven games. Like you said, the injury concerns are there. Yeah. But how do you think Swaim adjusts to a quarterback like Foles versus a quarterback like Dak Prescott? And has, I don't think, I mean, even I'm not a huge Cowboy fan. I hate them. Going back to, to Dak. <laughs> that, that progressed quickly. I, I can't. I'm not a huge Cowboys fan. And I do hate I them. I hate them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I cannot stand them. All right, go ahead. But I'll be rational about this. I've heard uh, since Dak's rookie year that that he's not uh, targeted. Uh, what's his name coming back? Horrible Monday Night Football. Jason Witten. Yeah. Yeah. So. You think it was horrible? At Monday Night Football, what I saw, he was not very good. But as a tight end, he was very good. But Dez, he never targeted, and I believe the tight end he was never big into. So Foles loves his tight ends. He does. But, yeah. give, I mean, it was Ertz. Yeah. Like, did he use his tight ends when he was at Kansas City? Yeah. I mean, even before that, I mean, I know Brent Selleck was still a really good tight end, and he, and he was yeah, a pro. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So he's always been to his tight ends. All right. Um, Jeff Swaim's best game was week six at Houston, where he had a 68.2 grade. Never really had a good game. No. He just consistently was okay. Yeah. So I don't know how you how you feel about a guy that plays like that, but that's who he is. So then we've been talking about James O'Shaughnessy a lot. Man, I had a little a mini voice crack Ooh, there. Oh, wow. Man. Remember my first time I remember. in puberty. <laughs> James O'Shaughnessy. 385 snaps. How many yards? 200? Uh, 214. Ooh. Yeah. The yards per reception. We have by far the worst tight end group in the NFL, right? I, I'm hesitant to say that because there's like some teams that have really good tight ends, but there's teams that like you can't even name their tight ends. Like who's Seattle's tight ends right now? Luke Wilson. Is, I don't even know. I think he's in Probably not. Yeah, that's what right I'm now. saying. I'm who's sure like, you know, you know, even the Rams, Gerald Everett. I mean, yeah, how much? Uh, they have... Uh, Pharaoh, or no, what is it? Pharaoh Cooper, Pharaoh not Pharaoh Cooper, Cooper and, and his receiver. Higby, right? That's Higby. what I'm saying. Like, there's yeah. not that many like solid tight end squads out there outside of the Eagles, the 49ers, and yeah. the Chiefs. If you want to count OJ Howard, I'll give you that. If you want to count OJ Howard's really good. If you want to there's count some young guns, Hunter Joku Henry, is pretty good. Joku, yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. But I was trying to see 385 inline snaps, so lined up um, as a blocking tight end on the line. 105 snaps out in the slot. Interesting. 12 snaps in the backfield as a fullback. Wow. Do you think we'll see any of that with DeFilippo and Foles? DeFilippo, he likes to mix it up. It would not, it honestly wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, that would be. See Josh Oliver lining up in the backfield getting some Urban Meyer. A little Meyer action. A little, what do they used to call that? A little pitch in? I forgot what they called that. A little shovel. A little shuffle, shuffle pass. Pitch. Civil pass? Yeah. Okay, so his overall grade was a 60.3, which is, you know, almost four points better than Swain's entire last season. 
And here's why. James O'Shaughnessy, by a mile, grades out by far the best run-blocking tight end on our team. Mm -hmm. Jeff Swaim gets the reputation as the run-blocking tight end because that's what he did. But if we look at the grades, James O'Shaughnessy, 78.2 run-blocking grade. Yeah, if you're playing for the Jaguars, you have to block. That's a good run-blocking grade. Yeah. And you would think a guy like Swaim, who was blocking behind Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, would have the ability to get his grade higher because of the big plays that happen. But in reality, O'Shaughnessy graded out way better. My mic just dropped there for a second. His pass catching grade was about the same as Swaim's. His best game was week 10 at Indy, where his PFF grade was 90. And he had five catches in that game. I mean, he, Pretty good grade. One of the highest grade games of all Jaguars yeah. this season. No, I mean, that was, a, that was a good game, and he really showed out. He showed a yeah. glimpse in week 10 of what people think and hope he can be. 35 targets, 24 receptions. His reception percentage was a little bit lower than Swaim's. He was at 68.6. His yards per reception was a, a, a really bad five yards. Mm-hmm. So not ideal. He had one drop. But he did not have a lot of time or a very good quarterback. Yeah, that's true. Or a good game plan or one, a team that could win or any of that. Five yards. Jeez. Here's what I like about... One drop on this season for... Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, not bad One drop. But I mean... But I mean, here's what I like. But between... But, you know, underneath 10 yards, he's like solid. Yeah. But you'd kind of expect that out of a tight end. Here's what I don't like. Between 10 and 20 yards... He was one for six with two interceptions. You had to attribute that to the quarterback. That's though, what I was going to ask. For sure. You. How much of that's on Bortles? Up ninety-five percent, probably. Yeah. And I know, I know, we like to pin the problems on Bortles. I know, man. It's sad. I mean, no one played well behind that line. No one. No one. Look how much the receivers regressed this season. I mean, all of them. Yeah. Look how much the Keelan, running backs. He, I know. I mean, it's a one-year wonder. It happens all the time. But Keelan Cole it looked like he didn't know how to play football at times last year. It, it, it more looked like his hands didn't work. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had particular grabs where he made one-handed catches week two, was it three against the, the Patriots? Two, week two. Week two against the Patriots. Yeah. I'm a believer in Keelan Cole. I've talked about that. I think he'll have a bounce back year this year. But you're right. Everyone regressed. Yeah. Everyone regressed this and year. And injuries were a part of that as well. Yeah, I agree. But as far as Okay, so out of Swaim and O'Shaughnessy, you said all things considered healthy Swaim, but let's say not all things considered. Let's say all things considered what you know now. Who has a greater impact on this year? Ooh. I st- uh. That five-yard average is so poor. But you even talked about how you attribute a lot of that uh, yeah, to the to offense poor, and the quarterback yeah. and the offensive line. Something about Swaim. He looked. I mean, when he had when he was healthy, he looked really good last year. So you watched. You you broke down on your Twitter yeah. every snap Swaim was yeah. really involved in. So what stood out to you in in that film breakdown? Sure hands. If it was in his general area, he seemed to catch it. Um, for what it's worth, I also thought Jesse James looked pretty good, and I was I was okay with him, but. Uh, Solid blocker, good hands. Um, if it was in his area, he seemed to catch it. But O'Shaughnessy, I he, I really do like him after the catch. He's done some plays. He's slippery. Um, he's, they're both. I they're, they're actually not a bad tandem. I that's probably the homer in me. I really feel like that's not a bad one too. Those out there. 
and we don't have a fullback this year. That's going to be interesting to see where they where they play. So backfield snaps last year, twelve for O'Shaughnessy, six for Swaim. If we project Swaim playing the whole season, we could say maybe he's at twelve too. Yeah. Ben Koyak two. Uh, no one else. The rest are undrafted. Oliver's going to play. It's so Bef- hard to produce. Though. Before we get into Oliver, and I want to get into Oliver, we have to take a break. Okay. So we're going to take a quick commercial break here, and then we're going to dive into probably the most intriguing tight end on the roster, and Josh Oliver. So if you haven't yet followed us on Twitter, do it right now. Another Jags Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Another Jags Podcast. YouTube, another Jags podcast, and um, make sure to listen to these ads and and support them because it makes us look good. Maybe. Apparently, they're fantastic and they all work very well. They are, man. If it's um, look at Jason's hair; he's it's if more volume to it. Hairline doesn't look as whack. He looks fantastic. I just got a haircut, actually. <laughs> so. Appreciate you. What was the haircut place? I, I don't know if we can. Uh, we don't that. give free okay. publicity on the podcast. It was it was sports. But it was clips. it was haircut. You got a free. It was haircut. Go Kirkland see Light. Go see hair, uh, Kelly at Haircuttery. <laughs> She's the greatest. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll be right back on our live channel and on the podcast. We'll be right back after these ads. All right, so we're back. <laughs> we are on live on YouTube, and we are. We forgot to mention our our sponsors. SB Nation, Big Cat Country, Overtime Network podcast. Uh, we apologize on that. We forget sometimes, but we, we're live Very on YouTube. People. We are. We're live on YouTube. Um, so you can watch our show live of us sitting here talking, or you can listen to us on our podcast, which we'll put out the next day. We don't make as much money when you watch our YouTube channel, but we are not here for the money. So we would rather you watch our YouTube channel. But make sure you subscribe so at least we know. And we have some YouTube questions that we want to jump into before we talk about Josh Oliver. Okay. The first one's from Zach Jones. He says, no words on Jan yet. Is there really a chance we don't keep this guy? I'll let you answer first. Host goes first, sorry. Host goes first. That's me. All right. I have been bombarded on Twitter with negativity because people think I am against us re-signing Yannick Ngakwe. I am not against us re-signing Yannick Ngakwe. I just think he, he was really hurt by the drafting of Josh Allen. And I, so? Yeah, because I, I like Yannick Ngakwe, and I understand that he is a generational defensive end talent. But I don't think he's worth to be the highest paid D end in the league. Is he? I mean, would he be? I, I think he would. And I think that's what he... Like, like, tell me... I haven't heard him ask that. And, and, and here's, I haven't heard that. Here's floating. my issue with him is that I just don't think he's good against the run. And, and again, and again, like you're like, okay, he's not a, a run-stopping DN. That is totally fair. I get that. But our team was near the bottom of the league in run defense last year. It was? We gave up... More, almost more yards than anybody. We gave up almost more touchdowns on the ground. And you can contribute that anybody. to Malik Jackson. Tobin Smith didn't play well last year. But at the, on the same Avery token, Jones had a down the, year against at, the run. At the same token, Calais Campbell had, had an amazing year. Miles Jack played great against the run. So you can go on both sides okay. of the coin there. So I love Ngakwe. I want him to 
re-sign and I want to get him at no matter what the cost. But I think Jags fans are a little over the top on oh, how good they think they are. Oh, they are. What do you think? I think he's had almost 30 sacks in three years. More than Joey Bosa. More than Frank Clark has had. More. Who else just got paid? D Ford. More than D Ford has gotten paid. We're the Jaguars. We just looked at that top 25 list we were just talking about. How many players were drafted? What was your question? About Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. None of them are recent. Yeah. And Yannick is. That's why you pay him. So, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty easy question. Why not pay him? Does Josh Allen hurt his chances at getting the money? No. Calais Campbell's 32, 33. They can both That's, play. But they can't. They can't. They can each attend this game. They've they've they already can't. In, the only reason they have a big in right now is because Calais Campbell is that good. I don't I, I don't think if they didn't have Calais Campbell, they went after Olivier Vernier. Do you, is he a, a great run defender? He's pretty good. They went after him. They offered him a lot of money. But my question is, how are they going to stop the run if Ngakwe and Allen Josh are on Allen. the field? Josh Allen, he's small. He can't take so on a small, double team. He's six four, two sixty. What's Campbell? Six. Campbell is one of the biggest freaks of all time. But so. have you seen anything on film that shows you that Josh Allen can take on a double team, defeat it, and def- and stop the run? Who was our? Who was that defensive end before? I mean, I guess Campbell, Red Bryant. Not even Red Bryant. We were never good before Campbell. We couldn't stop the run. We had Puzlesny. Uh, no, fill the we gap. always had good run. We always had. We, run. Had, we had Puzlesny. There we had guys like had that. It's it's just, I get concerned when teams intentionally run the ball down our throats. I, if, I think if we didn't have. Uh, Calais Campbell right now. I don't think our scheme would be anything close to what it what is. What right did now. the Patriots do to the Rams in the in the Super Bowl? Short, quick stuff. And they ran, ran, and the, ran ball the ball down their throats. They, they don't have any. What they don't teams, have the players close to us? Though. What did the teams do against us? One all team, the Titans. Season. The Titans. One we're team. near the bottom of the list. Where do you see in that? Every look up run defense grades. Uh-oh. We are near the bottom of every, of yards allowed, touchdowns allowed, PFF. yards per attempt. All of that I stuff. Okay, well, I mean, I don't. Since we got Marcel Darius, we've been in like the top we've, fifteen, top twenty. I don't know, man. Our to, our overall stats are not there for run defense, and in a passing league, when a team can line up against us and say we're going to run, and a the lot ball of those times are those. Down your it's when you're, you're already down. So I mean, that doesn't matter much. To if me. you're already down, it should be even easier you're to already, stop the run. Should it not be? No. At that time, it, well, you're physically worn out. You're, the game's things. over. I mean, I feel you. Look, I love Ngakwe. I think Josh Allen may have hurt his chances of being resigned. I think his negotiation was slightly hindered, but I don't. I don't think you'd let him go. He's a not a generational talent, but he's already made a Pro Bowl. I feel like he's an All Pro talent. You can't let that go. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you have the last word on that. For once. Would you rather keep him or Miles Jack? I love both of them, but pass rusher is. It, that here's where I get back and left here's tackle. where I get hung up though. If Josh Allen can fill the role of Yannick Ngakwe on a rookie deal, doesn't it behoove the Jags to keep Miles Jack instead? Next year, Marcel Darius twenty million dollars off the board. What if he restructures? We already did that. You can't. Okay, so he's not going to be here at all. He's, no, he's Marcel Darius is gone. Okay, yeah, Campbell can restructure. He already did. He's. I mean, he might be able to, but that's. I think I've seen a lot of Jags fans say he's gone. I think he has the more is more, the more likely of the two, but still twenty million dollars right there. I think that's enough space for Miles, Jack, and Yannick. So, all right, we got to move on to these YouTube questions because they're 
Sorry. They're stacking up on us. This next question is from Brent Papineau, and he says, after doing a deep analysis of all the offensive groups, how much more or less do you believe injuries affected our total team performance last year compared to other factors like Blake, defensive play, et cetera? Well, Blake imploding and our, def- our entire offense dying, just it was horrible, horrible, horrible. It was just bad luck. I'm going to connect the dots here. I'm going to say I've been not hesitant about saying injuries was our biggest concern. Every last year. position was ravaged. There's not yeah. one position. No, I think, I think Brent's on the same page as us, and I think this is where Brent's getting with his comment, and I could be wrong, but I think I, I know where he's going with this, and I'm with you, Brent. I think the injuries led to Blake being terrible, which led to the defense being terrible, yeah. which led to everything else. Yeah, when, when you're not up and you can't pin the, your ears backwards and rush the passer like that, it completely changes the game. Turnovers were down because of it. Um, there wasn't a single position that wasn't decimated by week two. Uh, Marquis Lee out preseason. Uh, Cam Robinson out week two. Uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, hamstring week one. Uh, Cam so, Robinson, yeah. did you take Cam Robinson? Yeah, week two. So every single Norwell position, was out week Norwell, uh, 10. Later on, but still, yeah. every single position was hit by week one. It's, or week yeah. two. It's crazy how no. it literally was. I, I might have jinxed this. We all did. Just stay healthy. That's all everybody kept saying, and it was the exact opposite. So, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, people like will hate on Blake a lot, and he made some bad throws. It goes hand-in-hand, hand, though. He's not a very good quarterback, obviously. Would you put any quarterback behind Eric Flowers, Patrick Omame, Tyler Shatley, A.J. Can, and who was even playing a right tackle by the end of the year? Was oh, it Parnell? Wow. I mean, I don't even know. Mike Walker. What, I don't even know who, 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 What quarterback? If you had drafted a franchise quarterback, would you put them behind that line? Um, I mean, there's some quarterbacks that... Yeah, I've been behind that line. Andrew Luck prior to the season was behind something like that. Um, Cam or not? Yeah, Cam Newton's always had a pretty bad offensive line. I don't know about that. Philip Rivers, because Cam Newton at one point had Andrew Norwell's left guard, and who was the left tackle that went to the Cowboys? Uh, Or no, went to the Texans. Uh, That was pretty good. I can't remember his name. Matt Khalil was not very. Yeah, people. Their right tackles were good. Their right tackles are uh, Derek uh, was Williams, and then there's the other guy, Taylor Moten. We're both. First team. Here, here's what I worried about, and, and I saw this in Blake. I watched Blake his entire career. Blake is never, he's not a natural thrower, but, even according to himself. But here's what, I, here's what I saw out of Blake. Blake never showed that Blake... Or, I'm sorry. Blake, Ga- Blake Bortles never showed that Blaine Gabbert deer in the headlights fear until late in the season last year he stepped up and and he started to show that and when you put a quarterback behind a terrible offensive line they will get what i like to call the blaine gabbert yips where when you drop back you feel pressure that is not there and that comes from putting someone behind a line that can't block and that's why coaches are hesitant how many different offensive coordinators do you have yeah everything when you don't put them in any position to succeed they get that Sort of thing, and I saw that out of Blake last year, and I've seen Blake throw bad, make bad decisions, do all sorts of things, but I never saw the Blaine Gabbert yips until late into the year last yeah. year, and that concerned me. Yeah. And I, I pray for for Blake Bortles. All right, we have to move on. These it's amazing how bad his throwing motion's always been, though. Good God, I mean, we're in bad as like Byron Leftwich. All right, uh, we got to move on to these questions. If you have questions, make sure to hit us on on YouTube. We're gonna hit all of them if we can. This next question is from Stephen Gray. And he says, he loves the show, lads, listening in from Ireland every morning heading to work. Thank you, Stephen. He says, 
This is the first live show he's watched. And what's your view on the London series? And is it a help or is it a hindrance? Well, I've actually been trying to convince him to go to the London game. He, his words, I'm going on a cruise to Mexico. So you're the reason that we're going to lose the Jaguars. So just remember that. All right, look. How long have I been talking about going to the London game? Look, I love... His girlfriend wants to go. I want to go. I love... Mexico cruise. The, I love the London game. They do a state of the franchise like thing where Caldwell and Coughlin come out and they talk about the finances and all that stuff. And the London game basically keeps us afloat. Yeah. It really does. We bring in so much revenue from London. We cannot be mad at playing a game in London. 10 days in Europe, but you don't want to do that? Come on. I personally can't afford the package they offer us to go to London. It is up into the excuses, two and three grand. Excuses. And uh, maybe one day if this if we get more Buy viewers tickets, but <laughs> sell them Airbnb your house while you're gone. <laughs> Couldn't be that bad. What's the worst that can happen while you're we gone love for two weeks? It. We love it. Uh, it's actually nice to wake up early and watch a game. I don't mind it at all. Um, our podcast has picked, fish this year for our podcast has picked up so many UK fans and it blows our minds. And so thank you, Stephen, from listening from Ireland. We appreciate it. You are awesome. Thank you for listening. You said this is your first live show. That doesn't surprise me because this is like our second live show we've actually put work into. I'm sorry you wasted it on me. So. I, went, I went on vacation this summer and I was like, you know what? We should really put a little bit more effort than me just like reclining on the couch talking about the yeah. Jags. So we're, we're getting there slowly. Thank you, we Steven. got a nice candle, Miles Jack candle. This is a Miles Jack candle. We love it. It smells great. It's the Hawaiian scent. Uh, the Maxwell coffee downtown. <laughs> but um, thank you for listening. We love the London game. It takes away a home game, but to be honest, we had three September home games here in Jacksonville, Florida, and they, all the games were heat indexed over 100 degrees. You you all honestly get a little tired of that yeah. heat after a second. So um, thanks for listening. This next question is from Daniel Picora, and he says, who do you think emerges as Foles' top target between Conley and Pryor? Ooh. Weren't expecting this two, were you? No, very random. <laughs> Uh, the better, I mean, they're. I mean, I guess Conley's not really fighting for the team. Pryor is. Uh, Conley, he's got a better. Uh, Pryor's got a better chance of. Pryor's a freak. Exploding, but they Conley has are. a better chance of making the team. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird. Conley's two year, is going to be two years removed from uh, Achilles. That's a huge deal. Last year there was times he's he was known as a freak athlete. He did not look explosive. So it's good to see, got another year to get healthy. Yeah, I agree. It's a nasty injury. I like what I see out of Pryor, and I think his style of play yeah. lends more to the offense we're going to run. Conley couldn't couldn't really like stand out on an offense that put up yards and numbers, and that kind of concerns me. I get, oh, he was playing behind all these people. That I mean, that doesn't matter Man, to me. We watched every snap. Pat Mahomes is a lot of. A lot of his stuff was off script, and a lot of the throws were kind of uh, playground plays, I guess you could say. And that tends to lend better to the does guys. It, I feel like it's... I think it does. Dude, you see guys like Adam Thielen who emerged from the depth chart like that, way down they're, below? They're not those playground plays, though. Like Those quarterbacks, they have an offense that's designed. Pat Mahomes, he's got an arm that he literally, he's back there all day. So I feel like that can hinder a receiver as Maybe. well. Maybe. But know? a guy with, this, with the attributes... Yeah. That Conley has the size, the speed, the hands. Yeah. That's a guy you think would 
emerge in that offense. Have, Even with all the, so many weapons, though. Yeah. Your boy from Florida, Demarcus Robinson, is a young, talented player. They have a lot of weapons. And the bottom line is that Conley had five touchdown receptions, which equals yeah. our highest receivers touchdowns yeah. from last year. It was five. Was it? It was uh, Didi. Five? Okay. And so I think, uh, to answer your question, Conley, but I love Pryor. And I'm really looking forward to some gimmicky plays. Is there any way he explodes and Galen Cole doesn't make the team? Yeah. We were ahead of show, our receiver show with Joey. He said Keelan Cole's the odd man out. One of them has to be. Keelan Cole couldn't see the field at the end of the year last year. He had the yips, bad quarterback. The yips don't go away. Yeah, they do. Receiver, I, I don't Ask I don't your know. boy, uh, who did Jordan give the yips to? Was it uh, Muggsy Bowes or was it uh, Spud Webb? Oh, about the free throw? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was Spud Webb. Spud Webb. Good yeah, ask Spud yeah, Webb about the, the yips and if they go away. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Because, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, what was it? You can't make these free throws? Ex- expletive, expletive? That's crazy. I'm proud of you for, for yeah. censoring yourself. Yeah. It's been a challenge Imagine that. Imagine Michael Jordan coming to your job. You're not going to... I can see it. Imagine Michael Jordan <laughs> calling you out on your job. You're right. Uh, that's a good point. That's funny. Yeah. But that's it. So, uh, no, those are good questions. We appreciate those YouTube questions. We actually didn't put out a Twitter question uh, thread because, quite honestly, I wasn't sure if we were going to do this episode tonight. Very flaky, Jason is. So <laughs> whenever I can wrangle him up, uh, I ask him all the time, podcast, podcast, let me on, please. You guys know me. I'm super so, flaky. Yeah. But we appreciate your questions on YouTube. Uh, make sure to keep it going. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. As you can tell, we do random episodes on random nights. We yeah. try to do. We don't Wednesday. even know when it's gonna happen. We try to do Wednesdays, Sorry. and during the season, we're gonna do a lot of episodes for sure. And we're gonna try to upgrade our our backdrop here, but we'll do what we can. But we did tease Josh Oliver before our break, so we gotta talk about Josh Oliver for a little bit. Okay. But before we do, we have to take one more break. Oh gosh. <laughs> So late. It's almost- I know. I hate being contractually obliged to some of these companies. I hate that you make money off of these. What a jerk. But to be fair, I invest all of it back into the podcast. I do not keep any of this money for myself. Oh, I thought this was your, your gin money. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Another Jack's Podcast. We're on Twitter, Another Jack's Pod. We're on YouTube, which is kind of like where we're going now. Um, watch our YouTube channels. And we're just gonna, I'm just going to tell you right now, like we don't care about monetizing off of our podcast views. We are what we are. We're here for the fans. We want to read what you guys write. We want to talk about what you guys want to talk about. Um, so hit us up on YouTube, and we'll get that out there. We're going to take a quick break, uh, use the bathroom. We're going to throw some ads in, and um, we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Another Jags podcast, episode 75. We're talking tight ends. We have a question on YouTube, but before we get to that, because it's going to get us very derailed from tight ends, we've been teasing Josh Oliver. We have got to talk about Josh Oliver at some point in this podcast. For the sole fact, if Josh Oliver listens to this podcast, we have to talk about him for a little bit, because I'm a huge fan. So I want to at least talk about him a little bit. I am a huge fan. Really? When was the first time you heard about him? The day we drafted him. <laughs> How about you? The day we drafted yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. All right. But Actually, since I might have been a, a couple mock drafts. 
Oh yeah, you big, you big, you big San Jose uh, Minutemen fan. Minutemen. What are the Spartans? <laughs> Spartan fan. Come All right, on, so you let me tell you a little bit about Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver, six five, two fifty. Yep. Played in forty nine games. He started thirty six of them at San Jose State. Not bad. He totaled ninety eight receptions for a thousand sixty seven yards as a senior in twenty eighteen. He earned first team All Mountain West and recorded fifty six catches. For 709 yards and four touchdowns. Not bad. That would be like a Jag record. Absolutely. Yeah. His his receiving yards of 709 were fifth nationally among FBS tight ends and second on F, on in San Jose State record like records. Yep. So, what are you expecting out of Josh Oliver this season or overall? This season. Ooh. Not much. Uh, Not much. So hopefully solid hands. Um, I hope he shows this explosiveness that he uh, did in the combine. But not a lot, though. It's really hard for a rookie to come in and contribute as a tight end. So you said solid hands. I just don't want him to... Uh, Which is comical to me. Because in watching his film... I don't want to be butter hands. I just want to see... I don't want him to be come in and completely just be bad. In breaking down thing. his film... His biggest strength was his hands. Like this dude catches everything. Yeah. Like in traffic, behind him, in front of him, too high, too low. Like I use the term strong hands in evaluating receivers all the time. Big hands Blackman. Justin Blackman exactly. was one of the strongest handed receivers I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Should have been in the Hall of Fame. Like Randy Moss esque. Josh Oliver, his hands are strong. This dude catches everything, his, his man. His family has, I mean, what was his dad, an NFL player, or then his uncle was like an MLB player, so he's got the skill to, or the talent. I'm telling you, this yeah. guy is is going to be, think think of like a better Ernest Wilford. And not okay. Ernest Wilford early in his career, like Ernest Wilford late in his career when he transitioned to tight end. That's what Oliver's going to be. Like this guy is going to line up. In the slot, he's going to line up out wide, which we have yet to have. We, O'Shaughnessy lined up in 31 snaps out wide. Okay. So I'm assuming through watching the, the film is we would have like a bunch set to the left or to the right of three receivers, and then we would isolate a tight end out wide. The ability to do that gives your offense an advantage, and it's something that John Filippo likes to do. And we were only able to do that 31 times last year with James O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. I think Oliver will give you that. Do injuries change that, though? I know. What did uh, Safranji against get hurt week two, week one, or something like that? Yeah, that's true. And we expected Safranji. We Sifrangi. didn't talk about that earlier. We talked about uh, injuries in the. We talked about it was yeah. offensive line week but two. But Jenkins. Niles Paul and Safranji Jenkins were decimated by what? Week one, they were both on the IR. Okay, but to be fair, Niles Paul has been hurt his entire career. That's true. That's He's true. never been healthy. Safarian Jenkins wasn't healthy and then got on with the Patriots and then was cut that immediately. That still adds on to that entire offense. Was I agree. Week two. I agree. That's crazy. I agree. But, but I think Oliver's going to give us that out wide yeah. ability to get mismatches on DBs or nickel DBs yeah. or linebackers to really make plays out there in space, which we've lacked. We, literally, we've never had a move tight end in the history of the Jags. Yeah. We talked about Kyle Brady. Is he, I mean, Mercedes Lewis, I mean, never. And that's it. I mean, so looking I mean, at 
Josh Oliver's Measurables, one of my favorite websites. I'm sure it's one of your favorites as well as Mock Draftable, the spider webs. I love it. Love spider it's, webs. It's fantastic. Um, you can call me Spider-Man. T- two of his comparisons for Josh Oliver are Ben Koyak and O'Shaughnessy, so clearly the Jaguars have a certain type. Please tell me that's not true. It, it is true. <laughs> it's too, it is true. It is too. It is true. It him, is him and Ben Koyak, their, their measurements were 79.3%. Uh, I don't think that helps yeah. his case, though, to well, be honest with you. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, but maybe. Yeah. All right, so. Ben, ben Koyak, his athleticism, and O'Shaughnessy, athleticism, that's never been their fault. It's been other parts of their game, so. Yeah, okay. All right, I mean, I'm excited for Oliver. I think he will be good, especially in, like, did, two or did three Did you ever hear of, did you know who Jason, or, or, or I, I know, know I know. Did you know who Kelsey was before I he know. got to Tight ends don't come from big Ertz, schools. I know that. I, I, I knew about Ertz relatives. I mean. I know you're going with that. You're right. But tight ends are a dime. I mean, you never know. They're the most random position. They are. they are. They are. It's crazy how they, they work. Yeah. All right. So we have to at least mention these last two tight ends. And we're going to get to these YouTube questions that we have here after this. Charles Jones. Tulane tight end. This guy legit is what you want out of a prospect. 6'4", 255, that's big, out of two lane. 40 receptions, 268 yards, and five touchdowns. Any, any ch- Okay, what does Charles Jones have to do to make this roster? What does Charles Jones have to do to beat out Ben Koyak for a spot? Stay healthy, show he can block, and... Don't drop passes that should be catchable. Pretty much would it, what they need to do. Would stay, it help? Stay healthy is pretty much the main goal. And then. Would it help if I told you that he went to the same high school as Leonard Fournette and is the cousin of Jacoby Jones? To make the roster or to have a shot? I mean, you got him a. I got him a training camp spot. That's true. Yeah. Is, is that all it buys you? I mean, you never know. I it, think that's it, about it depends all what you show. You, you got to catch the ball, you got to stay healthy. Watch Hard Knocks. How many players just couldn't stay healthy? That's one of the. That's true, man. Every game, you you were the first person that told me this. Every every single game, stay healthy. Was that not? Yeah. Every player says we one yeah. another. So yeah. Yeah. And just don't drop the ball. So. All right, and then the last tight end on the roster, Michael Kalu Biali, and I could be butcher, butchering that last you, name. UCF boy, right? UCF guy, and our UCF fans didn't rally on that tweet. With no 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 Zach Adele. Here's the most telling thing about a player. And this is going to be maybe sad. And I really don't like this is the way that life is going. But I create highlights and I create cut-ups and I analyze every single player the Jags have on their roster. Even these guys that we are projecting to probably get cut. Am Am I wrong? Yeah, probably. I can almost tell how good a player is by the support he gets from his fan base and his teammates. Like legit, like I'm not even kidding you. Like I've been doing this long enough. Tell me how many players went to his birthday. Are we going draft day? Honestly, like if you're a really good player, you're gonna have a lot of guys at your birthday. I mean, is that true though? Yes. Do you think Percy Harvin? I mean, I know they respected his. How long did Percy Harvin stick around? Not long. Not long. I mean, he was a great player, but he didn't stick around. So we're talking about teammates liked him though. Some players liked him. I can't speak to that. Teammates loved Tebow. I guess Pouncey swore free Hernandez. You're right. It's hard to say. But I'm just saying, like I've noticed guys will rally around good guys. And this guy did not have a lot of support from the UCF community. And here's where I'm going with this, because you brought up guys... There's a lot of dumb football fans. You brought up guys that were like at huge universities. I've noticed 
players from UCF that are good can rally the fans. And he didn't. There's a lot of players on the, I mean. He didn't. So tight he's. End, tight ends, are, I mean, there's a lot of positions. Offensive line doesn't shine. Tight end at certain times doesn't shine. Dirty work. That's true. He's 6'1", 223. And it doesn't have the size. That's, I mean, maybe he, it, that's one of the, we don't have a fullback. Maybe he can come in and compete as an H-back. 21 passes, caught 278 yards total, three touchdowns. I'm just not, I, I like this guy. I want, he was a walk-on running back. His dad was a walk-on running back. Yeah. Um, it's crazy we could be talking about Hawkinson right now. Just one simple pick by the Raiders, and we're talking about Hawkinson. We haven't gotten to our D-line yet where we're going to talk extensively about Josh Allen. It's crazy. Hawkinson, him and Foles would be pretty nasty. Do you think the tight end position is overvalued? No, not at all. You, you've seen the off, you've seen what the, the Patriots have done with it, the Eagles have done with it, they won a Super Bowl because of it. Um. I feel like the elite is there an elite team that does not have one? The Rams. Okay. They just scored three points. The Saints. Saints. Okay. Fair enough as well. Got me two in a row. The uh it was in the AFC Championship game. The Patriots and the Patriots and the Chiefs. So Kelsey. Mm, that doesn't count, yeah. But I mean, it's about the how many elite tight ends are there? And this is what I'll give you. Name okay. What about a, listen, okay. listen. Name me an elite tight end outside of these three. Kelsey? Ertz, Kittle. Elite. Elite. Am I allowed to look? I'll help you. Ertz. Ertz is I one. I just said Ertz. Okay, I'm sorry. Kittle and... It's even dumber by me. And, no, I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you a hint. Here's the next tier. OJ Howard. Very good. Hunter Henry. Can't Coming off an ACL, but we think yeah. we'll be elite. Um, We have guys like... Can I look real quick? Sure, Absolutely. I'll tell you right now, OJ Howard, and then you have so really have tight end grades real quick. Yeah, pull it up for us because there's it's, there's three. I feel like you're right in the Jared Cook had an outlier year last year. Am okay, I right? So Kiddo, Kelsey, Ertz, those are all really good. Okay, so Evan Ingram's pretty good. I mean, there's a Evan Ingram. Yeah, like there's a good group of like. Solid three. Ones. There's three good tight ends, <laughs> yeah, man. Right, you can okay. say whatever you want you're about right, it. You're right. You're right. And that's right. the thing, dude. Like all these teams are like, are you trying to reach? Like, think about how many good wide receivers. What about even are. having like a solid one? We don't even have a solid but, one. But but do you draft the tight end in the first round, reaching for a solid tight end? Well, I don't. I mean, I like feel that's like, why tight. Like for so for long, what it's worth, the only reason we're even okay with the Hawkinson pick is because we knew Foles was coming in, and we knew we liked that. Any other year, we like probably hell no. Ducks no. I'm that's sorry. fair. That's fair. I appreciate you censoring yeah. yourself. So, All right, let's 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 move I mean, on. I mean, I feel like OJ on. Howard. We were like, if I mean, not that we were okay with it. We're like, okay, OJ Howard, Hammer Fournette. I mean, I would say the tight end position is overvalued. I don't think it is, man. There's a lot of good, average to solid to what we do not have. Kyle Brady is the best tight end we've ever had. I feel I like I would top, disagree. Mercedes Lewis is he the was best good, ever and right now, what would he be an average? He would probably be a top fifteen, a top twenty. There's a lot of good tight ends out there. I just man. don't think tight ends, unless you're like legit, the, unless Some you're the are injured elite and old. three. Kittle, 
Gronkowski. Okay, so okay. Yeah. OJ Howard solid. Jared Cook good when healthy. Delaney Walker. Jared Cook was healthy. like not good for Delaney a long time. Delaney Walker good when healthy. Delaney Walker hasn't been good in like two years. Okay, because he's getting old and injured. Yeah. Evan Ingram, young, pretty good. Jordan Reed. Injured. If he could stay healthy. Injured. Injuries. It's yeah. just don't play football, is apparently what I'm hearing. <laughs> Eric Ebron was pretty good last year. Thank you for that, Siri. Okay. Anyhow. Let's get to our YouTube questions, then we have to wrap this up because this is turning into be the show's waiting for us a. As well. Can you imagine? Like, I just want to take a second. This is a tight end. We were supposed to talk about tight end kickers and punters. We did not get to the kickers and punters at all. <laughs> hey, it's what we do. We we as you can tell, we put a lot of time into breaking down these positions because we are nerds. And we have nothing else to do. But we are going to hit these last two YouTube questions, and we apologize on Twitter for not putting out a thread for questions. Uh, this was kind of an impromptu show, um, but we're glad we did it for sure. Brent Papineau says, any word on the dog park? What dog park? Any word on the dog park for 2019? Oh, God, with your favorite seats? Since we are the Jaguars, would a cat park have been a better addition? What other cool out-of-the-box addition to the bank would you like to see added? That's a very good question. That is a really good question. Not a cat box. I can tell you that one. Alright, so let me just tell you a little secret. You can catch me every single game in the Sky Patio Terrace. It's literally my least favorite thing about you. And that is next to the dog park. Dude, I have this weird thing where I have to be able to see the D-line and the O-line. Like, It's called the coach's cam. It's called like the coach's like film. Nice humble brag. You have to be able to see where they go. I cannot watch the game from like the side. Like I have to be able to see the O line in the D line. So I can't handle it. Okay, and now there's dogs barking. Okay, it's my least favorite seat. So so you can you can get in for pretty cheap to that. Excuse me, or the mic. You can get in pretty cheap to that spot. Like you can get a standing room only ticket to that spot, and then so that was like one knock against the spot. I was willing to deal with that. Now, like, there's a dog dogs barking <laughs> in your ear, but I'm still willing to but ignore that. There's two plus pluses. There's a good bathroom se- or situation, and there's a... So here's a secret. Like, if you're listening to third segment, this is a tip for you. First of all, when the games are really hot in September and October, it is shaded the entire game, okay? And you can stand on the railing. You will see me standing on the railing with the best seat in the house every yeah. game. The second thing is... There is a bathroom that is literally 20 yards away yeah. with never a line. And family bathroom and family bathroom, everything. It's concession stand. Third thing, there's a concession stand that serves adult beverages, uh, again, 10 yards from you. Yeah. Fourth thing, it is the cheapest seat in the house. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, there's dogs barking and you can get stabbed in any moment. <laughs> but besides that, I, I really <laughs> enjoy that spot. I'm there every game. I wear my. Um, I'm very superstitious at Jazz games, and I wear my Jalen Ramsey jersey. Yeah. So you'll see me my Jalen Ramsey white jersey. Jersey T. Come, <laughs> it's not jersey T. Come say hello. I'm gonna be there, and I'm gonna be cheering it louder than anybody there. My favorite seat in the house. I understand. We might be sitting there for the Florida State game as well. We'll be there for the State Standing. game. Legit. That's my favorite spot. Yeah. So, dog park. What's look. the be- What's the addition? You never answered that part. What would you add? Shotcon tees. Like um, they talked about at Wembley, the drone shades. There's drones with shade. Okay, Joey. That would save a lot of people because it gets hot in those games. We bought. Let's do what the Suns did. We or, bought tickets. Uh, 
to the Jags Titans game last year. Yeah. We bought, I mean, we splurged. Yeah. And we sat four rows from the field. Yeah. We were miserable because it was so yeah, hot. It was one of the hottest games. I think it was hotter than the Patriots game. It was pretty hot. It, it was hot. And we ended up going to the sky patio to get some shade. You did. I stuck it out that I'm not aware. And Anyways, it was very hot. Yeah. And we lost. So maybe a retractable dome is my addition the, to I think that it. what the, the Miami uh, Dolphins have would be sick. What is that? You got to fill this in because I don't, I don't even know. The Sun Life Stadium, it just has the some type of sun blocking protection. I'm not sure. Oh, sunscreen? They give you sunscreen behind every seat? They have some very nice <laughs> sun protection. Is all oh, I okay. I don't know what that means. Well, okay. thanks, guys. All right, let's move on. This is the last question. we got to close thanks, up. We're, wow. we're going... We're going to have to put another ad in if we keep going any yeah, longer. That was horrible. All right. This is from Stephen Gray. And he says, with the current linebacker situation, is there any chance that Paul Puzlesny could make a surprise return and help out? Or is that wishful thinking? I take him. but And if so, chance. would it be a good thing or bad? It, of uh, course uh, it'd be a good thing. Yeah, yeah I'd take be, him. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It won't happen, but I wish. Won't happen. I wish it would. Because if he did, then I think Telvin comes back because he loves Paul Pazlesny. That's a good point. Yeah. Does anyone not like Paul Pazlesny? Buffalo fans that are butthurt? I don't know. Maybe. That's true, man. Yeah. Buffalo fans have a lot of reasons to hate us. I love Pazlesny. He's awesome. Oh, man. He's one of my favorite so Jags is, of all time. Is he the one good thing that Gene Smith did? I can't think of another. Man, I'm racking my brain like he rapidly I, right now. Maybe someone with Daryl Smith. All right, that's gonna obviously we're we have we're it that's it for us. Yeah, we're skipping the bottom of the barrel at this point. I would take Puzlesny, and he's a beast, um, and I would absolutely. I don't take think him. He may, we tried to make a little push to bring him back last season, and it didn't work. Uh, we tried to hashtag bring back Puz. The man like, seems content. Yeah. He's he, like, well, he's he told the media that he wanted to spend time with his family. Yeah. That's like the one thing that like you don't want to convince people out of doing like. You know what I love though? I love hearing that he bought a house here and lives here now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he because he's he's Pennsylvania through and through. So if you can convince that man to live here, obviously something's not horrible. You find a lot of Jags end up living here. Kyle Brady, another Penn State. All boy. of them, dude. Yeah. Like literally, like it's hard to find Jags that move back. I mean, I've heard of people running into Mike Malarkey. He hasn't been here in ten years, and yeah. he still lives here. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. Yeah, I do. I love seeing Doug Marone at Whiskey Jacks with yeah. three entrees and a Bud Light. Yeah. I love it, dude. And a, no ham sandwich or uh, bologna. Bologna, not. No, he's now he's at Whiskey Jacks. Yeah, they're not even a sponsor. Wow, that's gonna wrap it up for another Jags podcast. This is segment three, a little more rocky than the other first two segments. We appreciate you guys listening. You can find us on Twitter at another Jags Pod. I encourage you to follow us on Twitter. I'm a Twitter fiend. Mike's a Twitter feed. We're like on that junk all the time. I cut up game film of players literally all the time. Like it's literally it's all addictive. I do. It's addictive. I really do. It really is. And and I'm on that junk all the time. So make sure you follow it. We are have surpassed over a thousand followers and because it's it's good stuff. It's good content. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, I just took over the Instagram, so I'm trying to like make that better. But I'm not I'm not good at the the picture stuff, but I'm yeah. I'm working on it. Are we gonna do cut out preseason starts in three weeks? Are we gonna do Cut-ups of preseason games? Absolutely. I mean, I'll be at every home game week two and four, and I'll be cutting up week one and three and all game that. Rewind is the greatest thing Absolutely. of all time PFF. So uh, make sure you follow us on those things. YouTube, we're making a push on YouTube um, because that's where we want to be seen. 
and also heard. And um, so make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Spread the word if you have other Jags fans. We go real in-depth about the Jags. We do long shows, so if you're driving to work, you can listen to us for multiple nights. Thank you so much to our YouTube questions. Thank you so much to all the Twitter questions. And uh, we're going to be back next week. I think we're going to do D-Line. So make sure you check out our D-Line episode. Thank you again to all of our sponsors. Thank you to all of our listeners. One thing, if any fan is going to the uh, Denver game, you should uh, let the podcast know because I think we're planning on going. We are going to the Denver game for sure. So make sure you hit us up. We will be there in Denver. Mile high. That's awesome. And it's going to be a good time. So uh, make sure you hit us up on that. We also we can te- since we're teasing things here. Sorry, I know it's a little far out, but I'm it is. But some teasing. We're also doing a another Jags Pod Fantasy League, which is going to be free for you guys to join. We're going to take like twelve of the fans that have sent the most questions in, and there's, it's going to be free for you to join. We're going to have all kind of prizes week to week and end of the season. So uh, be looking out for the fantasy league that we have. Will you be the Andre of our league? I'll be the taco. <laughs> I'll be the taco of the league. Taco, I like yeah. that. All right, thank you guys, and as always, go Jags. Okay.